man, what a boring week this was. There was nothing going on. It was kind of just in front of the computer, doing nothing, being kind of lame. It, it was kind of a boring... December's weird, man. Not a big fan of the month of December. Uh, a lot of SHOT Show stuff, a lot of other things, but did you watch Oak Island? They found Shaft 9. Sounds like a porn movie. Maybe they... Uh, no, maybe I was watching YouTube. Or not YouTube, you porn. I don't know. Anyway, Oak Island... They found that Shaft 9, which gets them closer to the original Money Pit, which hasn't been around since, you know, a long time ago. 1800s is when they knew where the original location was. And so they found this um, they found this kind of drain and a couple other things and all this other stuff. But I think they're getting close, man. I think this is going to be the year they actually kind of get down to it. Now, they might not dig it this year because it just it's so logistics and all these other things going on. But I think they're going to find something, man. I, I'm, I'm really thinking it's it's going to happen. Um, speaking of SHOT Show, uh, that's all starting to come together. Meetings are putting together. If it, um, I, I mean, I'm mixed feelings about SHOT Show this year. I just did an article for Gun Digest um, for February, which will come out after, which is um, an, it's an innovation in new technologies. Beginning of the year, February after SHOT. So they're basically talking about trends, where we're going to go is the is the issue, rather. Um, so I did my part and reached out to some companies to find out what was happening at SHOT Show. So um, that's going to be kind of cool in a way. But I, in a, in a, in a, I wasn't looking forward to going to SHOT this year. I actually got my stuff a little earlier than I normally do, which, good on me. I went and um, got all my things, um, you know, ahead of time, hotel and all that. Uh, mainly because I've been finding I like to stay at the Mirage uh, just because it's across the street. It's a little cheaper. I mean, you're not really in your room that much anyway, so I like the convenience of it. And um, uh, a couple times that if I wait too long, I'll, I'll get a day that's not available right in the middle of the show, like a Wednesday won't, and then I'll have to go to another hotel. And, and you know, the, the nicer ones are definitely better, but it's a waste of money to spend that kind of, you know, cash when you're never in your room, uh, you know, other than to sleep and half that time in Vegas, when you're going to sleep, you're really just passing out. Right. So, um, I got all that, but I was talking to Mark and everything and I was like, dude, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. I I'm not quite sure how I'm going to address shop this year. I'm going to do it a little bit different maybe, but I'm getting meetings are coming up. I mean, it's not going to be a lot different. I'm going to be doing another uh, Capstone, Emil, Brian Litz and stuff. So I'm probably going to try to podcast with those guys. And they secured a meeting with me pretty early and got their choice times. So uh, I'll be doing that. I'm going to head over. Schmidt contacted me. I'll be seeing Schmidt and Bender. Um, I, I'm not sure what they're, they're got going on, but I'll be over there. I'm going to go see Casey at B&T. B&T's got new stuff. I actually know what it's going to be. Um, with the article, I included Casey's new stuff is going to be there. Really cool, man. They did a good job on that. So if you're go to go see B&T Industry, bitter and twisted. Um, Casey sends me good stuff for Christmas, man. I got to say shout out. Thank you. Casey is, um, you know, kind of which brings us if you're paying any attention to what Frank does on Sniper's Hide, which some of you do. Um, there's guys out there that are in there kind of keeping pace with me, not only on the podcast, but on the website and, um, Casey's a rock star, man, in a lot of ways. He, he participates, uh, he, he's, he's very responsive to the crowd there. He does a lot of really good stuff with all that, but at the same time, 
personally, I want to say thanks to Casey, uh, you know, AccuShot there, B&T, Atlas, and all that stuff, because um, he, he's super appreciative of his time at Sniper's Hide. And, you know, he sends me, like, Omaha steaks for uh, Christmas every year, which I'm already dug into them and eating them and everything. I know I go to the butcher now. I don't even do the supermarket. Butcher, the, the, the supermarket sucks. They'll hold meat for way too long. You get it home. If you don't eat it the same day, it's no good. And and so I can walk, if I want, to a b- really good butcher shop. That's And I mentioned this before. Um, that is a um, is also a game you know, you can bring your animals in. You could do a bunch of stuff so you can get game food there too. So I dig that because I get some pretty big thick cut stuff and it's much better. But um, so I'm going through Casey's Omaha Steaks rather than going to the butcher shop or the grocery store and using them up right now. But I want to say thank you to Casey and thank you for everything that, I mean, he, like I said, he's super appreciative. Always a big thank you, thank you, thank you guy. Um, with and, and recognizes the contributions that Sniper's Hide has put forward with them uh, over the years, you know, the membership. And, and honestly, that does come down to you guys listening, the membership, right? Because uh, that's the, that's the what drives all that. I'm not running that and doing all that stuff. So, you know, it's not all me. But uh, the Cal, the Cal is, is probably, when, when you look at the Thunderbeast bipod and then you look at the Cal, they're super similar in a lot of ways. I, you know, the, the Cal's cheaper than the Thunder Beast, but I think they're both w- excellent designs and very good bipods. It could be kind of a brand, a choice, whatever you want to do. You know, that's kind of up to you to decide which one fits you better. I like both the same um, in a, some ways, you know, it, it, as far as like for you guys. Um, if somebody said to me, which should I get? It's like, well, whichever one you want, there's no kind of like the only dividing factor for me to talk to you about it would be, well, here's the deal. Um, which one do you want to spend on? You know, do you want to pay the little less money for the Cal or do you want to go with the Thunder Beast? That's up to you to figure out that kind of thing. But the one other defining factor I will say is extensions. Which one, if you feel you're a guy that's going to use an extension in your legs, right? You're going to clip on the, ex- the leg extensions. Then I think the, uh, the cow does a little better job. We saw a couple of them that when the guys use the extensions, you'll get kind of a, like a little flex at the joint on the Thunder Beast one. But sans extensions, there's, there's no, no real difference other than price and then design because they do things just slightly, slightly different, right? Or is how they operate, you know, as far as that goes. But I mean, bipods do matter. I do. I'm a big advocate. I just made a big post on Sniper Side today. New shooter, new to long range, what bipod, blah, 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 blah. So there's big posts about that on the hide there going on today. But speaking of Thunder Beast, I also got a call from Ray, and I'm not going to bust this out or anything. They got a new product, man, and pretty fucking kick-ass. Um, really good shit. Uh, based off of sort of that quick release that they're doing for the military in the 338, I told Ray, man, we did that class, that last class for Mile High. We had the student with the ASR rifle, the AI Accuracy International ASR kit which you know he had the deployment kit so the guy has the you know $18,000 kit he had the Thunder Beast 338 suppressor with it 
and it was one of the only times lately in class that I've noticed like the entire line because this guy was on the end. Okay, he was he was the last shooter in line if we went from one to twelve, and so he was on the end of the line. And when he shot, everybody would go over just to watch him because number one, it's ASR, you know, AI, ASR, brand new Gucci. But the can, man, the Thunder Beast can is just like so big. I mean, so crazy how good it sounds. It's like, man, it's it's it, it's it's so quiet to a fault, even in 338, because on Sunday the student put his 338 barrel on and it was super quiet that way. And it's like, God damn, man, these suppressors are a Thunder Beast to me is the gold standard. The other one I'm using right now, like new modern, what suppressor and stuff do I like? I like the OSSs, man. The new OSS, um, the helixes and stuff. I'm really, really digging them. The more I shoot them, the more I like the OSS suppressors. Um I I don't really know what to tell you as far here's my here's my criteria. Okay. How accurate is it? How repeatable is it? You know, is it doing funky things? Like, and here's some of the downsides, okay? It, you're hanging a weight on the end of your rifle. And you're going to have a shift. Now, some of them have very small shifts. Some of them have bigger shifts, right? Depends on the can. But think about this. Everybody's so hypersensitive and they understand things. It it it, it kind of... Freaks me out a little bit, and I brought this up today in the um, in, in, in the bipod discussion on the hide, and it kind of came up a little bit talking with Jim at Prime because they're working with some new Jim. The, the Prime do, guys, wow! Like I know I'm gonna bounce around on you a bit, um, because that's just where my head's at today. Because you know, boring week, and who knows? I had nothing to talk about today, so. We're talking with Prime and everything, and and we're working with something pretty unique. And the, the, the group buy is a giant, giant success. Like, Jim is calling me up, like, every three days, and he's just, like, out of his mind ecstatic. And, you know, here's a telling thing, too. And I mentioned this today because the U.S.-made Prime, there's two offerings, right? You got the, you got the U.S.-made Prime from Peterson at, like, $1.15 a round, and then you have the Ruag made the Swedish Prime that they can offer for a dollar six around. Okay, more people are buying the U.S. by a pretty wide margin. And when we looked at this initially, it really did come down to price. You know, we we bounced this off of people to say, "What do you want? How do you want it? How much are you willing to pay for it?" And money was a big deal. It was a huge, huge driving factor to the point where the conversation was like a full page and a half talking about the economics of reloading. Okay? And it's like, but you spent more money with the U.S. Prime. Granted, it's a better bullet, or not bullet, but it's a better cartridge because it's got a lower SD, okay? It's a little bit more consistent. The, everything's a little bit, little bit tuned up. But 
to me, that was the only deciding factor. Do you want an 18 or yeah, 18? Do you want an SD between 12 and 18? Or do you want an SD that was sub single digit nines? You know what I mean? It was like nine five or nine seven. And that's was the difference between them. The 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 Swedish prime SDs are around 12 feet per second to 18 feet per second, depending on your rifle. The US, I'm seeing it all running around the nines. So to me, that was the only difference between the two. And now there's a different bullet, but it's the same grain, and it was designed to mimic the the Ruag uh, Golden Target, the Norma bullet. So, and then the brass is different, right? Norma brass versus Peterson brass. So guys kind of were willing to pay like eight cents more for Peterson brass, which is smart. I mean, I get it. But then I'm, I, you know, talking to Jim about this other thing and trying to play with prices and every in in stuff. It was like, well, we can get the price where we want it on this next thing going forward if we change out the brass. I'm like, well, why would I worry about brass in a factory ammo? Yeah, guys will reload it and do all that stuff. But I, you know, once you kind of get that half to three quarter minute group, not three quarter, it's three eighths. But, you know, once you're at that half minute, you're good, man. And, and, and it's like, okay, this isn't a hand load. It's factory. Everything's good. But I, I tend to see better groups than that. You know, uh, um, I'm usually hovering around three-eighths of an inch. And a bad group for me is a half minute. So I don't sweat brass to that degree. But I don't chase the reloads. I don't chase the brass. And I, I mean, brass is such a huge part of the conversation with people. And yet... On the bipod side, it's like an afterthought. You know, with, with this suppressor stuff and in these suppressors, it's like, where do we go for the quality? You know, what are we looking to accomplish with the suppressor? Well, there's a recoil, you know, management. It, it's Suppressors are great muzzle brakes, okay? So there's that recoil mitigation. There's the sound mitigation, making it a little bit more civilized. But my caveat. But I'm shooting full-powered loads. Who the hell cares? If it's 136 dB, 133 dB, 142 dB, 138 dB, who cares? It's still what a full-powered load is going to probably be over 130 dB. It's a lot, you know what I mean, for sustained. For a couple shots here and there, no big deal. But sustained-wise, not really. Who cares, right? So where am I going to focus? I'm a precision rifle guy. Where I really want to think about my sound is if I'm kicking a door and going in a room or shooting out of a building and things like that. That's not a consideration for me, okay? I'm not kicking in doors with my AR and spraying a room. I want my sound down then a little bit, right? I want to tighten it up and clean it up so I'm not getting freaking blown away when I'm in a tight room. I'm not shooting my bolt action out of a building, you know, out a window. So I don't care about, the, the, you know, the lowest possible. Most of these swings that I've ever noticed with the decent cans, and I try to gravitate towards better cans, but most of the swings I notice are about 3 dB between the cans variations of three it's three it's six it's nine right now three's noticeable what we key off of and what we're listening to is tone we're listening to the tone of it 
Because, like I said, we're only like 3 dB, 6 dB here, there, apart from people, and we're outside to begin with. On top of that, I'm already friggin' deaf. I can't hear. Why do you think I talk so loud? I'm deaf as a stump. I have to now be in the same room with you. Can't talk to me in another room. I can't... Um, I, I, I can't get the granular, right? I can't get the fine tune of your conversation. Uh, I know there's a word. I can't resolve it. So I know you're talking to me. I kind of can have an idea of what you're saying, but I don't know the details of what the sentence is. I'll pick out a word or two, but not the entire context because I can't hear. So to me, this the, the, the sound part of a suppressor for a precision rifle shooter is well down the list. Okay, I mean, the, the Thunder Beast guy's got this friggin' thing coming, man. Ray sent me some stuff over, and it was like, I'm not going to talk about it because it's for SHOT Show and, and after, but god damn, these guys are on top of it, man. They're doing such a good job. They're they're playing it smart. They're, they're telling me they got a little bitty can that's metering the same as, as um not little bitty. That's, that's exaggerating. That's hyperbolic. Um, they got a smaller can that's metering... About the same as a Ultra 9. Pretty cool. But anyway, so I, I really dig that. I'm digging these OSSs. I think the OSSs do a good job. I really like originally. So I got one right here. So originally, here was the deal, man. When OSS had that sort of all-in-one system where it, it kind of went back over the barrel it, 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 it threaded on, went back, and then the wrapper went over, and it was kind of like a three-part suppressor. To put it all together, you can you would almost technically have to get two tax stamps, you know, the way the original modular AR M4 variant was designed. Well, now they got these pretty similar to normal cans with the with the um with the brakes and the whole thing. They do the reverse threading when you put the can on to the brake. So it'll turn the other way to lock in, but it's a good design. It's a good suppressor. It's accurate. I because here's the thing, man. I used to do a lot of the um the 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 proof testing for mile high before they got as big and big and big as they've gotten. I used to go and get like some of the some of the some of the police builds. And I would go there and they would say, okay, we have 10 cop guns. Go to the range up the road, the indoor range, and go shoot me 10 five-shot groups, one from each gun. Because we have to proof test these rifles. So cans on, cans off, things like that. Because cop departments and stuff would buy um, full-blown kits. You know what I mean? Uh, from rifle to suppressors to scopes, accessories you know, department guns, but you need the, the test targets and the proof targets and the things like that. So I would go do that. So I got to be very um, good at knowing and seeing what was going on and seeing the problems and the things that were happening. And, and you know, one of the things like with the AIs and the Bartland barrels and, and, and all that stuff, you you'd get a rifle that was that, again, we're going to just talk generic, half minute, right out of the box. So it's like a one whole half minute group. And we know when we shoot like a half minute group, they're almost all touching and it just looks like one hole. Sometimes you can spread it out and you'll get like three in really tight group and then one or two that are touching but on the edges and it doesn't look super pretty. 
But at the same time, it's still a half-minute group. It just might have two rounds scattered a little bit. But for sake of argument, half-minute group, it's one hole in the paper about the size of my, you know, finger kind of thing, pinky, whatever you want to look at it. Well, then you put a can on. And at the time, the cans we were using, it would still be like one hole in the paper. But now it was like five-eighths of an inch, three-quarters of an inch. But it made one hole. And, you know, they always used to be like, wow, that's a good can, that's a good this, that's good that. I'm like, no, not really. Because without the can, the gun shot, through, you know, half minute. With the can, yeah, it's a one whole group because of the way it, it ate the paper up. But it's five-eighths now. I don't want to do that. I like the goal should be if I'm shooting a half minute group without the suppressor, I should be a half minute group with the suppressor. Now, because of sound mitigation and recoil, I should actually be shooting better because I should be, it should be less me in it because now I'm not reacting to the sound and now I'm not reacting to the push or the snap. On recoil. And and this is a thing for like, you know, like when I taught my daughter to shoot and all that when she was younger, I suppressed everything. Much easier on them. They're, they're less adverse to be flinch factories. They're less adverse to, to doing things inconsistently because the suppressor smooths it out, makes it consistent, right? And and that's what it's going to do. It's going to give it that nice, even consistency. And so that should help me improve my shooting. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's one of those mixed bags with me on, on certain cans because everybody, when they come in new for a can and they're like, hey, I want to jump into the suppressor world, it's sound, 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 sound. And it's like, oh, sound, who cares, dude? I don't care what it sounds like. You know what I, I, I mean? I, 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 yeah, people were listening to that Thunder Beast, which is weird, right? Because people, I'm, I'm mentioning this Thunder Beast saying how everybody's so impressed of what it sounds like. But part of that's the tone, okay? Part of that is how do we feel about the tone of the suppressor? And certain wrappers that people use and the certain materials create either that tinny tone that people don't like or a softer, thicker tone that people do like. But the, the DB numbers are never really that far off, you know? And, and so it's interesting for me to, to kind of like thread this needle because on the one hand, that's kind of if if I'm a crowd watching a guy shoot, well, the only thing we really have to look at is what we hear. Okay, so if, if a guy with the ASR and those Thunder Beast 338 SR is there and he's shooting, yeah, we know if he hits the target because you hear the bang but you're really listening to the rifle perform. You're listening to it, and you're going, wow, that's really quiet. But a lot of cans will do that in certain contexts. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. You can, you can put a, you could put a smaller, 
a lighter, you know, a simpler designed suppressor out there. And it may sound worse. It may also be less accurate. And then you can go, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. And that's definitely a lot of times that happens, you know, or you can, what you can do and what guys will do is there, there's certain tricks they can build into a suppressor to make them quiet, like keys in the baffle. Okay, because you're creating turbulence, you're mixing the gases up, you're trying to do all these different things. But what I, my observations have been, if you start stacking too many keys up and you're trying to get the quietest can you can possibly get, well, then you start throwing accuracy out the window. We start to, you know, we'll see cans all the time where, you know, it's super quiet, crappy accurate. You know, and so that's that balance that we have to try to find. Where do you balance that sound? Where do you balance that accuracy? But to me, I want accuracy. We were talking about this, um, again, conversation with Ray. We're going on in in this week. We were talking about the five inchers and how I really like their five inch can. And it, somehow it came around to uh, Glenn Seekins in the SP-10Ms and the five-inch can in the pictures, and you see us shooting them and all that. And, and a lot of the, the military guys who use that particular uh, rifle, they really dig that five-inch can. And so Ray does a lot of the demo stuff. Ray travels. Ray goes out. And he was saying how so many of these other guys – are, you know, the, the operators are really, really digging that five incher. Because number one, they know kind of what's going on. They get it. They, you know, with the nowadays too. Think about this. Think about, you know, take a look at, at like some, you know, Gucci operator out there, some some D-boy cat guy, um, you know, what he's wearing, that like SEAL Team TV show stuff. You know what I'm saying? The 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 helmets, the the ear pros. So they're already wearing a headset. They're already wearing and they're calmed up and wired in and all these other things and they're moving around. So the can doesn't really kind of go other than to you want to mask your position, right? So now it, it creates this scattering effect. So the farther are you are away of something, you're, 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 you're disrupting that sound pattern and it's hard to pinpoint, Okay. Sound gives away presence. Movement gives away position. Tip for you. So if I can I can I can play with that sound if I have distance. Distance gives me time and opportunity. More more truisms, right? All these little blue throw these things at you and everything. So then I got to pause it. Oh, unbelievable. Dang packages. So. Oh, man, I just messed all my other stuff up. Hang on, I'm getting there. Give me a second. Friggin' stepped on my wire, took out my friggin' headphones. I'm out. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. Doorbells, dogs. Fuzz is down there. Garden, garden the front room. Making sure everything's cool. But, um, you know what I mean? So, it, it'll mess up my train of thought, too. So you know what I'm saying? So you can disperse that sound. You don't need it dead quiet. Okay? You know what I'm saying? So 
there's certain things that I look for in these suppressors. Like I like the titaniums. I like them lighter. You know, that kind of stuff. So, hang on, I gotta... Damn doorbell, totally yeah, totally messed up my train of thought. Totally messed me up, freaking doorbells. Amazon people. So anyway, that's that's kind of my thing on, 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 on the suppressor stuff. I'm suppressing so much. I got suppressors everywhere. And and it's it's a fun little gig, man, to, to kind of go that way. And just talking with Ray, the other thing I'm going to finally get to do is I got those brakes. I remember we talked about the muzzle brake, the... Um, the, the recoil, the foot pounds, the, all the stuff, and we were going to do the video, and I had the grid, and I was playing with slow motion and looking at all that stuff. Well, uh, Thunder Beast's new high-speed fancy BK sound meter has pressure meters and different things you know that they can mess with, and so he's getting a way of testing the recoil on a rifle. So I had talked to when I talked to Ray, I said, dude, I got all these breaks. I got to do this thing and all this. And that would be a nice winter project because their their range up there in Wyoming, um, right over the border, has like a little house. You open the window and you can shoot out of it. And we can kind of do that and then do this brake test stuff with with their machine. And I think that would be better than me trying to do. I know I'm so behind in so many of these certain reviews and, and different things that are going on. It, it, it it's it's annoying because like even today I'm like well I'm, we got a storm front coming in for the for a weekend we're gonna have snow but the weather's already friggin like I, here in downtown Denver we got 30 mile an hour winds today and it's knocking everything blowing it all around so it's like I couldn't even go to the range today because the wind would have just knocked me right out of the friggin park which is typical and when you're trying to do or either a review or you're trying to look at something to make it uh, you know, you're, you're trying to put a best face on it, okay? You're, you you don't want to fail something, but you want it to look halfway decent. If you got an 18-mile-an-hour wind, you're not going to make anything look good. Yeah, we can get away with it. We can get some impressive stuff. You know, wow, he hitting an 18-mile-an-hour wind. Yeah, but I hit like two out of five, you know, not five out of five, what I would have done if there was a six mile an hour wind or, you know, yeah, you, I can get in and I can go, especially when the gusts get that big, you know, it, it would be a shot. Okay. Reestablish, look at the way the gust pattern is. Okay. Now a shot and, and, and it just doesn't look good. And so you just hate to go out and try to do a video for somebody when, you know, nothing's cooperating. And, and that's kind of where I'm at with, with some of that stuff. So apologies for all these delays. I mean, I'm trying to do best by this stuff and not just put it out there to put it out there. Like I can go out there and stand out there and hold something up and go, oh, it's so much cool and take a look at it. But it doesn't really give you any insight. It's not really anything that helps you. It's better to go out there and to say, look, this is what I can do. Look, this is what it's doing. You know, but if you go out there and go, look, this is what it's doing in an 18 mile an hour wind, it's not going to look good. You know, there's just no way around that. That becomes too big of a factor in its performance where, you know, yeah, you can get away with a lot, but nothing really looks great. So, no, I'm a, like I said, man, suppressor wise, Thunder Beast, the new one looks pretty kick ass. I, I really dig what they're doing. I included that in the article. 
the um the new atlas the that that's coming that's going to be cool go over to see that i am not going to mention what you know what it is who how where what when um some of the other stuff you know cuz like they're talking about like glock came out with their little 22 pistol the 44 or whatever um you know so you got a little 22 glock which is kind of cool man you know what would be cool start doing these 22 um NRL 22 type things and putting a pistol thing in it i mean i really do think you, you know one of the um the one of the biggest opportunities out there is the 22 stuff i i re- i mean voodoo has just blown things away have made it so good and how cool would it be to do like a full blown two gun 22 match like tactical you know i think that would just be so awesome man you could do it within 200 yards get a 200 yard bay and go to town I, I think that would be neat as shit. I may have to look into that. I don't have time, but I, God damn, I just, I, I wish I did. Because, I, you know, even like buyers here in Colorado, Colorado Rifle Club buyers, they got so many bays. You can take one of their 22 or the Schutzen range and do a, a, a little mini match on it. Man, it would be so awesome and stuff because it's, it's, it's like a 200-yard self-contained bay to do a tactical 22 match, I think would just you know, really put people into an, a, another line, another, another thing. So, um, the other thing I got to do is I got to redo the competition section of the site. I, I got to figure out what you guys want to see. What, what's, what is most important to you? It, you know, there's the match announcement thing, which there's plenty of match announcements and you can go in there and figure out what matches are going around. There's a local match announcement, you know, so maybe it is putting 22 match because uh, our rimfire section is gigantic. I mean, Voodoo just controls that 22 rimfire section on Sniper's Hide. It's really popular. So I can almost see doing um, 22 match resource uh, for that. But I got I got like four or five. I almost have to take a look at it. I probably I got a bunch of sections. I got to revamp them for the new year. I'm looking at doing a bunch of these things. Um, as far as, you know, what we can, we can do to, to redo the site and everything. I, I'm looking at a different homepage and a couple different things. I, I, if I can get these people to write me back, they were like, oh, we're too busy. I'm like, uh, but they're, they're who I want to use, you know? So, but they have kind of, um, a, a, a way of using my current forum in, in extending that to a homepage. And so I want to do that because I think it'll become more seamless for the site overall, uh, that I'm going to look at. So that's my deal, man. The, um, the suppressor stuff coming thunder beast. I, you, you know, it's, it's innovate or die. And, and let's go back to, to that. And, you know, we'll call this the innovation thing. So innovate or die. That's in, you know, that is sort of that big part of what you see in the match competitions, right? So every time somebody comes up with a new a new widget, it, it could be the ARCA rails, it could be the bag rails, it could be the bags themselves. That's that's an example of innovator die, right? Or innovator fall behind. And to me, to kind of come around full circle in, in my my stream of yeah, I saw somebody was was talking about um one of these other podcasts, they were talking about it on, on the hide because uh, there was some um, some rule of thummy math stuff. 
and they were saying how they they didn't like like the 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 no notes and the whole thing. And I'm like, oh damn, I'm like all over the planet. I don't have notes, and I'm not doing home. I'm like, just talking whatever you know. I'm ooh squirrel. Ooh, I'm over here now, you know. So I'm wondering how that how that kind of drives some people crazy. But I always think it keeps you entertained because you don't know which direction I'm gonna go. But then it, it can come off looking like unprepared and be crappy. But who knows, man? I don't know if there's a difference between that guy who through the podcast they were talking about and me. Um, maybe maybe it's just executed different. But um, anyway, I don't even remember where the heck I, I was just going now. See, I lost my train of thought in, in, in thing. I'm telling you, the doorbell messed me completely up. The doorbell took me out of out of the zone and, and, and kind of threw me into the uh, 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 with my brain. And, and then I don't know what the heck I'm doing. So, anyway, where was I? Wait, oh, the innovations. Yes. So, innovation, to innovate or die, right? So, there's so much in, in part of part of my, um, my article was sort of the accessories that we're doing. And that would be, and then accessories, I would mention like the bags, I think the rails, right? Stuff like that. To me, one of the big ones I spoke about was the Michael Victor stuff, right? Because I swapped out all my Michael Victor stuff. And so it, it's like the, he, he made an accessory to the AI. So replace your handguard, right? It, it's an upgrade to an existing system that then helps you. And I, I think that's a big, his, his Atlas tool, because we're talking the Atlas is the original ones, back to Casey, back to bipods, back to Atlases. That Atlas tool, excellent little bitty, really light aluminum tool, clicking on your pack or dropping in your bag or in your kit. You can't kill it, can't hurt it. You get the right pattern for your Atlas and you can lock that panning feature out. If you think about an Atlas, because there was people bitching like, oh, I like a Harris better. I don't like the Atlas. Yeah, most people who don't like that, the issue is the panning feature. So the pan, right? So it loosens up and as you recoil over time and it loosens up, well, now it starts to kick the recoil and especially how you, if if you're not straight, if you're not square with an atlas and it's starting to loosen up and then you find it kicking sideways or not being sort of straight on, you know, you, you, you take a shot, you're done. And you look at the rifle, and now the, the atlas might be slightly skewed, and it's not no longer square. Well, usually that's reacting to you, okay? And so how do we tighten that panning feature? Because that's always been the biggest bitch, and that was with the PSR, with the brake system, right? That, that by putting those two rubber pads like a brake on the bottom with the PSR variant, it locked that panning feature and made it much, much tighter, well, how do you get that similar if you don't have a PSR Atlas, right? Well, that's that tool from Michael Victor, from the Victor company. You go in there with your Atlas tool, you pop it up, you lock it down. The thing's going to stay nice and tight, straight and square. And, and you know, maybe 25 shots later, you're going to tighten it up again and, and move it around a little bit. But it's a consistent bipod. It's a machined bipod. It's square. It's going to allow recoil to work much better, and it's not going to be reacting. Um, you know, I, we mentioned this with the Harris's. Guys, you guys are going out there. Here's the trick for you. Get your Harris, get your rifle, get everything going on. Just sit your rifle on its bipod. 
right in your house because your house is going to be pretty darn level. Everything's good, especially if you got a hard floor somewhere, right? So put your rifle on a bipod and then look where that sort of screw, the stud is that holds the center of where your barrel and everything is. Drop a string, like a plumb line, but a little mini one, like a little mini, mini. I don't want to say like what I want to say, but I'm not going to say it because it's silly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a little bitty string hanging out and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and put a weight on it and kind of look at it down the center line of the rifle. And then from there, look at your Harris and look at the left side, look at the right side, look at the leg angles. I want you to look at the square of that bipod and just go on a sniper's hide, go in the form, make a post and let us know I'm getting a third of an inch off. I'm getting a quarter of an inch off from leg to leg. You know what I mean? When you're looking at this leg compared to that leg, it's, it's measurable with a damn tape measure. We're not talking like micrometers and we're not talking like, you know, use millimeters. We're just talking like pull out your tape measure and, you know, quarter of an inch. It's off. It's like, God dang, that is what's going to push you at recoil pulse and it's going to knock you off a little bit. I mean, it's, it's so hard. You, uh, you think about this, like recoil management, bipods, all this stuff. Think about the guys that are like, I'm doing everything I see you doing in the video. I'm doing everything I was taught. I'm doing all this right. Why is my gun still jumping? And, you know, one of the things is, well, maybe, and kind of this is like a Jacob Rifles only thing. Well, maybe for you, what you think is kind of coming in center line and what you're looking at being straight and square with the rifle and, and kind of how he worded it was maybe six o'clock isn't six o'clock for you or 12 o'clock or however you want to see it. So if I have my body and I kind of clock system it, and if I want to call like a rifle being straight square parallel to my bore being 12 o'clock, well, maybe I need to be 1130 or 130. So that way the recoil pulse will then be straight based on either my body style or something. But then you'll get these guys that they're doing what they think or what it looks like to be everything's right. Well, why is the recoil pulse still not straight? bipod and I guarantee it's your Harris out of square because that it's usually the Harris where the people find they they can't do 12 o'clock they have to do 11 30 1 30 12 30 you know they're, they're doing some variation of 12 and it's not just straight and square so something to consider that if you're if you feel you're getting straight behind the rifle, if you feel your spine is parallel to your bore, if you feel that you're loaded the bipod correctly and you're not pushing it with your shoulder, you're not sympathetic squeezing, you're just lying there as a slab of dead meat behind it, you're press break and freeze, but it's still jumping to the side. If you're a Harris user, look at that bipod and see if it's straight, see if it's square. I, I have a feeling it's not going to be, you know? So just something to think about, something to kind of put out there in the ether and, and, and let it resonate a little bit. But, I mean, I'm, I'm again, going back to this Thunderbeast stuff. and going, yeah, I mean, think about this. You got Thunderbeast with their great bipod. You got their super great suppressors. I mean, they're, they're the gold standard for a suppressor to me, platinum now, really. Then we're talking the Atlas, the B&T, the Cals, and things like that. To me, those are quality products. 
You know, the OSS suppressor, I think, is a quality product. I think it works really good. And, and, and that's usually where, where I kind of want to want to move people. And, and, and I know not everybody can do it, but there's, there's a, you know, one of the things come, people come on and go, Harris's are perfectly fine. Harris's are no problem. Everything's good. One of the guys come on, look how much gun you got over the top of that. Those guys who are like big Harris proponents, look how much gun is sitting over the top of that. Dollar, caliber, weight, all these things. The guys that have adapted to them and have adapted over time to use them pretty well, I guarantee they got a lot of rifle over that. Where the learning, and the analogy that I used was, okay, I'm going to go run a marathon. Okay, I'm buying the best damn running, featherlight, Gucci shoes I can think of. These are the runner shoe from hell. And I, don't, I couldn't even tell you what brand it would be, you know. But I'm going to use the, the, the same running shoe the Kenyans use. Okay, and I'm going to train. I'm going to get ready for a marathon. And I got my numbers down really well. well now I'm going to go run the race. And I'm going to put on my Danners. If I'm that good a runner, like if I gave, if, if, we, if we took one of these Kenyans, and we said, listen, dude, you guys are going to run a marathon, but we want you to wear, you know, like these Solomon Leaf combat boots like we all wear. You know, the same, um, the, the uh, GTXs and stuff. So I got a pair of GTX boots. They're the Leaf Solomons, the, 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 the muted ones, you know, the whole thing. I'm going to give them to this guy and not a pair of fancy running shoes. He's still going to win. You know what I mean? The guy's still going to win in a pair of combat boots, the sneaker light combat boot, right? But if you gave him the right tool, he's going to win by a lot. And that's the, that's the bipod. Yeah, you can get away with a lot. Yeah, you could throw a friggin', you know, $6,000 rig over the top of a $100 Harris hand loads, the whole thing, and you're probably going to have really good groups and you're going to go home at night and be perfectly content. But you're working harder. That's the point. You know what I mean? And, and, and you got a lot going on there. Where if you're newer, you invest in something a little bit better. We see it, man. We see this a lot. If, if, if you do that and you, and you invest in something a little bit better, the journey becomes that much easier. You know what I mean? It's now I don't have to keep fighting and focusing on this. I can now go to something else that has a little bit bigger impact. And so that's that's why. That's the why of my mindset. That's the why behind it. All right, guys. I'm going to cruise. I'm going to go take care of some other stuff. Um, I mean, the thing is, is think about the innovations. Think about the changes. Think about everything that's going on that we're trying to improve. And, and where we, I mean, it's, it's the innovation is apps. You know, we're using all these apps to better ourselves. We're doing all this stuff. So why are we back in 1978 again, man? Why is 1978 in this context better? Because it saves you a few bucks. Because I don't got to spend the money. Yeah, but you should. That's all. Anyway, so I'm I'm looking forward to Shot Show from an innovation standpoint and to see what's going on. I do think there is, and in, in I'm I'm gonna go nudge nudge wink wink. 
this year's SHOT Show is going to be better for precision rifle people than last year. Last year was dead. It was flat. There wasn't shit. There was probably more released at NRA than there was at SHOT. Um, This year, I think we're going to see a pretty decent amount of new stuff coming out of SHOT Show. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it from that standpoint. But I'm honestly not looking forward to SHOT at all. I got to have a couple meetings. I got to do a few things, but um, I'm just not into it, man. Not feeling it. Not feeling it this year. All right, guys. Hey, man, thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of it. <laughs> thanks. for. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Anyway, uh, for, the, for, the, for the guys on the hide and do the whole thing, thanks for bearing with me for the whole week and, and all that, and, and it'll get sorted out. Um, everything else, man, it, it, it is what it is. It, it, it It's no big deal. So uh, we'll, we'll take care of it. But you, you're not going to get the drama out of me. I kind of said, man, I'm, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm not going to go on the rants over this shit. Um, you know, there, there, there's, I'll put it to you this way. If you want to know what I said and what I posted is is really the kind of the, the, the meat and potatoes of it. But there's a long, long history, you know. And I and I personally don't think the the the, the it's worth throwing away, you know, the, 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 I don't think the discussion is worth tossing 15 years of history away for, if that makes sense, if you guys are tracking with me, you know, so that's all. All right, guys, thanks. Have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. Good weekend.